Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Sage Sayers. I'm your show host, Debbie Gardner McCullough, DG McCullough. I'm a narrative coach, a communications coach, and a mental fitness coach from New Zealand based in the fine state of Wisconsin. In each episode, the Sage Sayers unpacks communications, tips, and strategies, and we interview interesting individuals from all around the world who found the gift, the opportunity, and even some knowledge in life's inevitable challenges. My guest today is Fernanda Naronya. She's a multicultural finance and strategy leader who's worked with international conglomerates across three countries and two continents for almost two decades. She's currently helping lead finance at Archer Daniels Midland. They're a fortune number 38 company in the nutrition, food, processing, and commodity industry. There at ADM, she's progressed from specialist to director level across seven promotions and within just 12 years. Fernanda's born and raised in Brazil and currently based in the great Chicago area in Illinois. She speaks four languages, with America being home for five years. Through all of the change that she's experienced, Fernanda's stayed agile and adaptable. She's grown over the years, more comfortable leading and communicating an American business culture, even speaking to large crowds and guiding other leaders to effectively communicate. It's for all these reasons that I've invited Fernanda to the Sage Sayers podcast today, so welcome to the Sage Sayers, Fernanda. Thanks for having me, Debbie. Oh, it's really lovely hearing your voice today. So I'll get us started from our earlier conversation. I know that one shared connection between us both ties to the communication challenges that we've both faced when moving to the US. You from Brazil, me from New Zealand. Well, actually Japan and then New Zealand. Now, in your challenges, of course, are more pronounced than mine because you've been communicating in another language, but also in another culture and to higher management levels. So I wondered, can you tell us about the challenges you had when you first immigrated, especially through that lens of communications? Yeah, sure. I think one important point here to, to highlight I immigrated to the U.S. when I was already in my adult life, in my mid-30s. And I think this makes a lot of difference because I had my career already built in Brazil and then I had to start over in another country. So I was transferred to the U.S. And it's not that I was not using English in my work. I was using English in my work, but when you move to another country, it's not only the language that you change, it's the culture mm. and um, how you communicate. And I start to report to a much more senior level. So everything changed. It's not just a translation or a grammar issue, but it's how you do that how you communicate in a more concise way. We tell your story, but not using everything that you learned in the past, 
and it was the best way to communicate in your modern language. So it was quite a, a shock for me. And I think it did change that I did in my life. The communication skills was the most challenging. Absolutely. Communication challenges can be all-consuming. And I'd love to hear from you some of the cultural shocks that you experienced along the way. Like, for instance, America's beloved loving of feedback. What was it like for you to work with this kind of culture of feedback? Yeah, this is a great question. I think my communication issues or problems started with feedback. Because here in America, it's so common to receive and give feedback that it was kind of disturbing for me. Because in my culture, in Brazil and mostly in Latin America, we don't give constructive feedback that much. We, in general, we only tell the good things that the person is doing. And uh, we have this difficult to say what is not going so well, what's going wrong, and what you need to improve. So this was my first job. When I started receiving feedback, especially in the way that I was communicating, that it's, oh, you need to be more precise, concise, you need to be clear. And this was right away, just after some of my presentations or after an email that I sent. This was shocking for me. And the first, the first figure was how to receive this feedback because I was not used to that. And what should I do with that? So this was the first thing that I learned was that it's okay to receive and to give feedback. And this is going to constantly happen here in America. And the key thing is what you do with that. Absolutely. So what do you do with that feedback? And I want to know more on what you did with that feedback. But just something small to clarify, I've not yet been to Brazil. It's on my list of countries I want to visit. But I work and partner and coach with many people from Brazil. So I know many of you are gifted, bright, intelligent people. How do you grow and improve in Brazilian corporate culture without that feedback? I would say that it's totally different. In the way that you improve, you have lots of coaching, but it's not the feedback is not so direct. So, so how might you have heard that feedback on conciseness, for instance? Never. Oh, so, so you never get it? I never get it before. And uh, here was the first time. So it's not something that is constant, similar to America. In Brazil, maybe when you have your annual review or your quarter review, you have some kind of feedback on what you need to improve. But it's really so something that is so, I would say, polite and calm to, uh, that you don't believe that you have an issue in that area. And in America, it's really, really more direct. Yeah, it oh. is. 
It is. You have an issue and you need to work on it. And what I like it is I got a good leader that she had the time to, and she gave me this attention to constantly work with me on how to improve. And this was daily or weekly, just after something happened. So this culture to, oh, this happened and I'll give you feedback. I've never seen this before. So this was kind of shocking. <laughs> I had to adapt to the culture and understand that this is normal here. How lovely. So part of your adapting was realizing, A, it's normal. B, that means everyone's receiving feedback. And C, there was a gift. I'm hearing that there was a gift there. You could do something about it. So what did you do about it? Well, first I started to work on it, understand what I can do better and what is my main issue. So when I started receiving those feedback, I first started to oh, maybe I have some pronunciation issues. Mm. So let's just start with some classes to improve my accent and have accent reduction. Maybe my pronunciation is an issue. And uh, after talking to my manager, uh, she said, it's not really the pronunciation. So I started to looking for other ways to improve and to get help. And even... I started to have English classes with a, a person that she, it was also a coaching. So with that coaching and the English teacher, I could understand that my issue was not only the language, it was the culture. I need to understand the best way to work here and the best way to answer, the best way to present my ideas. Nice. And so what were the... Well, I have some other questions before I circle back to that. But I also know from our earlier conversations that another cultural challenge was the way that Americans speak and Brazilians speak and then versus how Americans speak when it comes to storytelling and how that storytelling way also gets in the way of bottom lining key ideas. Tell me more. Something about, it was some reference around when you were, presenting ideas that was more within the Brazilian way to kind of tell a story, take some time and then get to the point. Yeah. Which is quite opposite to the <laughs> what you and I both wondering? know about the very direct yeah. get to the point, bottom line on top, bottom line up front kind of way that Americans like to communicate. <laughs> yes. In Brazil we value a lot improvise. Mm. Right? So if you can go to a meeting and uh, you can talk improvising, mm. you are the best. And uh, even the person, we don't see with good eyes, the person that prepares a lot. And uh, what is the opposite here in America? We value a lot the preparation because we see that the person puts some time on what they wanted to present. Another thing is, in Brazil, we love storytelling. And uh, when we are presenting an issue, in general, we tell the whole story. And by the end, we ask what we need. Or by the end, we specify the main goal. And uh, 
in the business language in America, it's really the opposite. We start with your issue, what you want first, what is the main goal, and then you explain, you tell the story, if necessary, because sometimes it's really not necessary. So big difference regarding preparation and versus improvisation and be direct to the point versus tell a whole story. And I love to tell stories because I love fiction. So I apply a lot of fiction in my day to day. So this was not working when I started here. <laughs> That's so sweet to remember. And can you remember, I'm going a little off our sort of pre-drafted questions here, but you received that feedback from your manager. But I wondered too, what were the signs from your audience? You know, what did you notice in your audiences as you were learning on the fly, in the moment, this very different cultural way of communicating in the workplace? Like, yeah, what did you notice in your audiences as potential clues that you might need to modify? Oh, I noticed that when you are more direct and you put in the bottom line up front, mm. you have more chances that people are going to understand why you want to talk to them mm-hmm. or why you want to discuss that subject. I also noticed they speed up. So the process to take decisions is faster because you are concise, you explain your goals first. Mm-hmm. So what I noticed was after I start changing my way to communicate, I start to have answers faster. Nice. And, uh, and I start to have more people understand what I wanted to. So the coordination, the leadership was much more efficient when, nice. I, when I changed my style. How lovely. And how did that boost in efficiency improve your confidence, if at all? I think when you see things going efficient and we see that people are executing what you asked or when you see that people are repeating your message, mm. this boosts your confidence. It does. Right? Yeah, it does. It, what else boosted so, your confidence in that time? Because um, I'm thinking back as I'm listening, I'm thinking of my, even though I didn't struggle with your challenge, your very noble challenge of communicating in a second language, I did have many cultural barriers to navigate when I first moved to the States back in 1996. Like thinking back, for instance, I was looking back and I've shared this insight on an earlier interview with Luca Dondi, who's a fantastic coaching friend of mine based in Rome Italy, he's Italian, and I was realizing from our conversation on navigating cultures and business and the gifts and the challenges and the opportunities within, how culturally confused I was in that first year moving to the States from Japan. Not only was I a New Zealander moving to America, and the two cultures are very, very different from one another, I had moved not from New Zealand, but from Japan where I'd worked for five years, and in my last year, I was the only foreigner in a a pharmaceutical company, Yamanochi Pharmaceutical, 
And I was the only foreigner out of 1,000 employees working completely immersed in Japanese culture where I had needed to raise my voice an octave to signal femininity, but also respect to my leaders. I was culturally conditioned to bow, to show that I affirmed, that I understood. And I had also culturally absorbed the need to make my body language smaller. I'm quite tall. I'm 5'9", 5'10". And as a tall woman, I tend to put my arms out a lot and stretch when I'm making a point. Well, that wasn't culturally appropriate in Japan where I worked in a very traditional company. And so I sort of almost imploded my body. I'd done the opposite to fit in. And so I was navigating, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but hopefully we'll get back to my question. I had navigated that in San Francisco at the beginning of San Francisco's dot-com boom, where there was a huge surge of confident Americans and foreigners flowing into San Francisco to build their dream. And I realized my confusion made me really, really unconfident. And yet every American I interacted with in a business setting seemed hugely confident. What does that sharing spark in you, Fernanda, with just the, you know, how else do we build our confidence? Yeah, first I can imagine the challenge. It was so challenging. Because I realized to my dismay, I didn't know how to be. I just didn't, I was confused. I'm a New Zealander, we're polite. Americans seem polite, but in different ways. And sometimes they don't sound polite to me, but no one seems offended. I'm not Japanese, but I know I need to stay meek. But if I'm meek, I'm not going to seem confident. And if I'm not confident, I'm not going to get a job. (laughs) It was a very confusing time for me. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. Super challenging because... It's two big chains of, of cultures you had to Yeah, <laughs> and I, I wasn't sure how I fit within, but I liked it being there. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know yeah. how to function within that culture. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was a quite of opposite. Uh, Brazilians and in Latin America in general, we are famous to be very friendly. Mm and uh, use lots of body language, right? And we touch each other a lot, even if we don't know you do, the you, other person. What, what, what did you say there, Fernanda? You joke with each other a lot? We don't touch each oh. other a lot, right? Oh, we yeah, of kids. It's very similar to Italian culture, right? So, yeah, this was also an adaptation uh, you are not that friendly person as you used to be in Brazil. And this is why we love Brazilians, love improvisation, because we are super friendly people. Yes. So, yeah, I think it was different, but it was not so difficult to adapt because I've been working with Americans and international people for many years. So I could understand the way uh, a little bit before. But it's it's different. Like Brazilians love to arrive in the office and talk to everybody, say good morning to everybody here. Depend on the department that you are. It's not the same. People have their privacy and their space. Mm-hmm. So this was also something 
that I had to navigate. But honestly, I like the way we do here. It's a culture that is expensive, but you also have your privacy. Yes. So more separate. So by that you mean also more separation between work and home, work and private. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I noticed yes. that here too. And I want to circle back to your growing and thriving career, Fernanda. Despite all of the challenges that you navigated, you have gone on so far to the other side where you're now speaking to external audiences, quite often with large audiences within. You've led some women leadership summits, and you've even given speeches to leaders, and your manager has requested this of you, on how to improve their communication. So I'd love to hear more about these highlights and then what it feels like to see yourself grow in such visible, exciting ways. Oh, it was a game change, and I'm super excited because as communication starts as a problem to be for me, mm. now it is a passion. So I really enjoy anything that I can do to improve my communication skills. So I look for people that talk about communication. I read a lot and I challenge myself to participate in communication challenges, in communication channels and speak to audiences. So I don't think I'm the best person to communicate, but I love the challenge. I love to prepare myself for it. And I love the results. And uh, I think this is uh, super linked to my values because when I start to develop communication, I start to know more people. And this goes to what I really love to do, that is to learn more about cultures and about people and uh, new ways of life. So I think... Everything that starts as an issue now is something that is still a challenge, but I love the challenge and I love to work to improve in this skill. Fantastic. Such a leader in this space, Fernanda. And I wondered, given that so many of my clients and listeners have, like you and I have done, left their motherland and come to a new land to pursue both their ambitions, their hopes, their dreams and goals, and yet so many, despite doing something so brave, fear making mistakes or just feeling alienated for sounding or seeming too different to their audiences. And that fear and that discomfort's definitely heightened in the last six months, I would say, in my coaching practice due to the you know, ongoing rounds of layoffs and just the uncertainty of many of the economies in which we're functioning. I wondered if anyone's listening to our conversation today, how would you guide them on navigating this fear and this discomfort that so many feel? I think the first thing in terms of communication is try to learn who is your audience mm -hmm. because you always need to adapt. The second thing is although we always have our fears, let's do it. And uh, you are going to realize that in the other side, you have people like us. And one thing that I 
learned last week in a training that I was doing, everybody puts in their paints the same way as you do. So one leg after another. So we are all equal. Yes. So fear exists, but by the end of the day, when you go and experience to talk to other people, to participate in networking events, or even prepare for a very important presentation with senior leaders. They, We are all humans, and uh, we are in the same planet, facing the same issues, and go for it. Love it. Wonderful note to end on. Fernanda, how can my listeners find you? Should I direct them to your LinkedIn profile anywhere else? Yes, it should be nice if they can connect with me by LinkedIn. Perfect. I will make sure that's in the show notes. Well, thank you so much, Fernanda. It was such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you. You've been listening to DG McCullough with The Sage Sayers, a podcast on business communications and mental fitness, finding the sage approach to life's challenges. If you'd like to coach and train with me on any communication or life challenge, visit my website, hangingrockcoaching.com or find me on LinkedIn with the hashtag bravecommunicators. Both links you'll find within the show notes. I want to thank my producer, Doton, for his elegant edits, making these episodes beautiful in ways far beyond my skills. You can find Doton on Fiverr under Titan32. And thank you to my coaches all over the globe who spark creative ideas for each episode. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>